Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast, episode number two, where we'll be talking about what finding true health even means. If we're going to pursue an area of health for ourselves, such as our physical health, it's really important that we aren't doing it at the expense of other areas of our health. We're going to get into all of that and more, so stay tuned. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so that you don't miss a beat. Hey there, friends. My name's Jenna Waite. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, mother of five, and someone who's passionate about helping others find true health in the midst of diet culture and body objectification. Join me as we take our focus off of weight and body size and put it on to becoming the healthiest possible versions of ourselves so that we can have energy to live our best lives. I'm so excited you're here. Now let's dive in. Hello, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the podcast. We are in January now, and lots of people are making health goals. Here in the U.S., however, our culture can get a little bit confused about what it means to be healthy. And since I've decided to name my podcast Finding True Health, I wanted to talk about what that means, at least what it means in my opinion. Now, when you hear the word health, what do you think of? If you're like the majority of people, you probably think about your body and your physical health. You might even have a few images of what you believe a healthy body looks like pop into your head. Now, while our physical health is certainly an important aspect of finding true health, there is so much more to your health than just your physical body. In fact, I've identified eight different factors of what I consider to be true health. So that includes our physical, our mental, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, social, environmental, and occupational health. Now, these eight areas of health all affect one another. It's like a web. You cannot pull on one strand without affecting the other strands. And I think it's really important that we consider and talk about all of these areas of health when we're trying to work on any one individual area. So let's go ahead and talk about each of these areas briefly. First, our physical health. Now, this is in relation to our physical bodies. As I mentioned, our physical health is certainly important. I became a dietitian because I recognized at a pretty young age the effect that my physical health had on my entire well-being. Factors affecting our physical health include things like what, when, and how we eat and drink, uh, how we move and stretch, our sleep, our hydration, any supplements or medications that we're taking, any medical issues that we might have or any diagnoses. You might even think of your weight, maybe your blood pressure, your cholesterol level levels, things like that when you think about physical health. I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but I've been through periods in my life when I was hyper-focused on my physical health and on food and other periods in my life when I really wasn't thinking a whole lot about my health as maybe as much as I could have been. For me, true health is really finding that happy middle ground where I'm concerned about my body and my health to a degree, but not overly concerned or hyper-focused on food or my body. Many of us have certain ideas about what a healthy body looks like. And unfortunately, that picture is often a warped view and not a realistic model of health. The truth is, it's simply impossible to gauge someone's physical health by the way that they look. There are people in large bodies who are very physically healthy, and there are people in small bodies who are not physically healthy at all. 
Physical health can also entail things like going to the doctor for preventative screenings. Now, I'm 41, and I just had my first mammogram a few weeks ago. You're supposed to start getting them when you're 40, so don't follow my example. Start when you're 40, and you're supposed to get them once a year. And it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So if you're worried about going at all, please just go. It's not a big deal. In fact, shortly after I got my mammogram, I actually found out that a dear mentor of mine had passed away from breast cancer. And one of her final wishes was that women would get their yearly screenings because if she had gotten hers earlier, then she probably would have survived. And I actually have another dear person in my life who um, recently has gotten diagnosed with breast cancer, but she got, she caught it early enough that it really wasn't a big deal and she was able to get it taken care of and she's completely fine. So I want to encourage all of you, just a little plug, all you women out there to make sure that you're getting those yearly screenings. And that's certainly a really important part of our physical health. All right, on to the next topic which is our mental health. Mental health is defined as a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. And we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about emotional health, but it's also defined as a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. I think of mental health as mostly our thoughts, which then affects how we feel and how we act, how we handle stress, how we relate to others, all the choices we make throughout the day. There are two psychological techniques. One's called cognitive behavioral therapy, and another one is called thought diffusion. And I'm a huge proponent of both of these practices, and I use them a lot with my clients to help improve their mental health. And I'm not going to get into those right now. I'm sure I will in a later episode. But it's so, so important how we're thinking about our our body, how we're thinking about food, uh, just the, the thoughts that we have in regard to food and our physical health as well. You hear a lot about choosing positive thoughts, but I really prefer the advice to choose helpful thoughts. Are the thoughts that you're choosing helping you get the results you want in your life? And again, we're going to talk more about this. This is such a an important and big topic that we'll be talking much more about this in future episodes. But I always caution my students and my clients to never make a a choice on their physical health at the expense of their mental health. So we're not going to be beating our bodies up and um, obsessing about food. And so we have to consider our mental health in regards when we're making, when we're doing anything with our physical health. All right. The third one is emotional health. Now, sometimes again, this is included with mental health because they're really closely related. But to me, there are slightly different aspects of emotional and mental health. It's true that the vast majority of our emotions come as a result of our thoughts, But how we acknowledge and how well we cope with and what we do with these emotions is so important. Emotional intelligence, or EQ, is defined as the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions, and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. I want to point out that just because you are emotionally healthy, it doesn't mean that you're always happy or that you never feel uncomfortable or painful emotions. 
It simply means that you're self-aware and you're able to self-regulate in healthy ways when you're feeling those types of emotions. And it's also worth pointing out that research is clear that being physically active and eating nourishing foods can have dramatic effect on our mental and emotional health. But when taken to the extreme, so exercising excessively or trying to eat completely, quote, clean or being really restrictive can definitely have a negative impact on our mental and emotional health. The fourth type of health is intellectual health. Like any other muscle in our body, our brains need to be exercised in order to maintain or to grow in strength. Our brains are also very malleable. If you want a better memory, you practice memorizing. If you want to be better at math, you practice doing math. A lot of us kind of get this idea that our brains are just how they are and there's no changing it, but that's not true. We, if whatever we practice doing we are going to improve upon in regards to our brain. So reading, um, playing games, even many video games, doing puzzles, learning a foreign language, playing a musical instrument, creating something, these are all things that are going to help increase our intellectual health. And so we don't want to disregard that important part of our health. And then number five, there's our spiritual health. Our spirit is defined as the non-physical part of a person. This includes our emotions, our character, our values, etc. To many people, spirituality involves a sense of belief that there is something out there that's greater than themselves, some higher power, maybe God or, or whatever higher power you might believe in. For some, working on their spiritual health looks like meditating or finding adequate time to think and reflect or maybe being out in nature. Others feed their spirits by going to church, by praying, reading scripture, listening to spiritual music, or maybe a spiritual talk or discussion. And many enjoy a variety of maybe all of these activities. I don't really think there's any, quote, right or wrong way to improve our spiritual health, but I do think it's important to give our spirits some regular love and attention. I'm what might be called a pretty religious person. I go to church, I pray, I read scripture, all those things. And I know that my spirit is affected by certain behaviors and thoughts and situations, both in good and bad ways. And when my spiritual health is suffering, then I can tell that my overall health suffers as well. But when I work to keep my spiritual health up, then my overall health definitely benefits. The sixth part of health is our social or our relational health. So how we interact with others plays a big role in our health. Extroverts tend to need more social interaction than introverts, but even introverts like me need some socialization for optimal health. We are a social species and continuous isolation has been shown to have many serious consequences. We all experience a sense of belonging. And I know a lot of people struggled with this during COVID and during lockdowns and That just kind of goes to show how important our social health is. I love jumping on social media every now and again and reconnecting with old friends, but studies are clear that social media is not a substitute for human-to-human interaction, and too much social media can result in depression, and we know there's a lot of studies there in that area. So making sure that we are getting some face-to-face human interaction, um, When we think in regards to like food and our social health, 
If you are hyper-focused on what you're eating and you feel like you have to maybe track everything you eat or uh, plan ahead for everything you eat, and then you're in a social situation where maybe you are going out to lunch with some friends or you're at a party or maybe a church gathering and there's food there, it can be really stressful for people. And I feel like that really weighs on their mental and emotional and physical health. And social situations just tend to not be as enjoyable when you're hyper-focused on food. And then our next area of health is environmental health. Environmental health is defined as the branch of public health concerned with monitoring or mitigating those factors in the environment that affect human health and disease. So the American Public Health Association points out that environmental health focuses on the relationships between people and their environment. They promote human health and well-being, and they foster healthy and safe communities. We have to think of things like air pollution, chemical exposure, global warming, shrinking of forests, um, access to and cleanliness of water when we're considering environmental health. We also need to consider how our food choices might be affecting different aspects of our environment as well. To me, environmental health also includes our personalized environment. So who and what we surround ourselves with. If our home environment is a big source of stress or of even of danger, then that's obviously going to affect our overall health. And um, again, who we're surrounding ourselves with, that can have a huge impact on our mental, emotional, and physical health and social health. And then the last uh, area of health I want to talk about is occupational health. So this is all the aspects of health and safety in the workplace. Obviously, some jobs are more physically dangerous than others, but every job has the potential to either help or harm our mental, emotional, social, environmental, and even spiritual health. Some people have a full or part-time job outside the home. Others work at home, either full or part-time. Others are full-time parents. And Nowadays, many people have a combination of these occupations, like, like me. I'm mostly a mom, but I work as well from home. For people who are energized by and enjoy more social interaction, what we might call it extroverts, choosing an occupation that is isolating could really affect their health. And for introverts, choosing a career that requires hours and hours of social interaction each day might lead to burnout or exhaustion. Also, who we work with. Uh, whether or not we find our jobs fulfilling, the number of hours we work, and the specific time of, time of day that we work. Um, this can all affect our health in various ways. So now that we have talked briefly about each of these various areas of health, what then does finding true health mean? Well, first off, true health will look different for every single person. We all have different preferences, different food and movement preferences, different preferences, again, of how much social interaction we need, how just so many different things. Um, We have different lifestyles, different opportunities presented to us, different financial situations and socioeconomic statuses and all these different uh, aspects of ourselves. Also, because we all respond to these various aspects of our health in different ways, based on our personalities, how we were raised, our natural strengths and weaknesses, etc. Each of these areas of health will also look different for everybody. So please, please do not let anybody tell you what a healthy lifestyle should look like for you and for your family. You are really the only one that is going to be able to to determine that for yourself. 
True health really to me means considering all aspects of our health when making a goal or a plan for our physical health specifically. Now my, my job as a dietitian is to help people mostly improve their physical health. But I never ask a client or a student to do something that might help their physical health if it's going to harm one of these other areas of their health. For example, maybe your health would benefit if you ate fewer processed and packaged foods that are high in sugar and salt and chemicals, etc. But if I recommend that you cut out all processed foods from your diet and that everything you ate had to be cooked from scratch, well, what would that do to your mental, your emotional, and maybe your social health? It might be a bit stressful. Or maybe you decide that organic food is healthiest for you. But buying everything organic for your family of six would put a big burden on your finances. And you might have to shop around at different stores to get everything you need and put a burden on your time. This could cause emotional and mental stress. So that actually also talking about finances a little bit brings up what some people consider to be another aspect of health, which is financial health. I don't usually list financial health as one of the aspects of health because it's pretty subjective and largely based on your thoughts and beliefs about money, but certainly finances and the potential stress that they bring, these are definitely things to consider when when making choices regarding your health as well. Now, because each of these areas of health are so intertwined, in your attempt to improve your physical health, you really might need to spend time working on areas of health that might not seem directly related to physical health, but that absolutely still affect it. You may need to work on choosing your thoughts more intentionally or learning how to navigate your emotions in a healthy way. You might need to work on setting boundaries with those in your life if necessary, maybe assessing your social circles who you're following on social media, who you're spending large amounts of time with. Uh, Maybe you need to work on finding ways to get enjoyment in in your life outside of food. Maybe finding things that might be intellectually stimulating or that you could find really fulfilling. You might even want to consider quitting a job that is affecting your health in a negative way. Again, even though better physical health might be your goal, that might be best achieved through tackling one of these other areas of health, not just by focusing on what you're eating or how you're moving your body. So that's why in future episodes of this podcast, I'll be covering topics that include a variety of these different aspects of health. Now, just one final point that I want you to remember before we wrap up here is that our health is constantly in flux. And finding what health looks like for us at each stage of life is a continuous journey. If we think that there's an end point, that there's some goal to reach, then it can be really frustrating. So the trick is really to find joy in the journey, to not have to achieve a certain weight or certain lab results or just some some end thing to finally feel like we've arrived with our health just to find joy and be as healthy as possible in the here and now, in the present moment. True health also means being gentle with ourselves and flexible and knowing that there are going to be ebbs and flows and ups and downs with each of these areas of health in our lives at various times, and that is completely okay. All right, that is it for today. Remember to be kind to yourself this week as you continue on your journey to finding true health for yourself. We'll see you later. Do you want to ditch diets and eat more intuitively, but you're just not sure how? Well, I have a course designed just for you. Health Through Habits is where intuitive eating meets habit formation. It's a step-by-step guide for turning the principles of intuitive eating into doable, sustainable habits in your life 
so you can become the healthiest possible version of yourself. This is where the magic happens, my friends. This is how true health is achieved. You're not going to want to miss out on this life-changing course, so head on over to healththroughhabits.com to check it out.